You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Mizzou That's Who. Well, just as we all expected, Missouri claims the 30-27 to 27 win over Kansas State. Welcome into Mizzou. That's who your podcast for Missouri Athletics here on KC Sports Network. Joined, as always, by Gabe DeArmond and Maggie Johnson. Gabe, how are you doing? I'm good. Uh, better, because everyone that I talk to about Missouri football was happier than they were last week, or than I thought maybe they were going to be this week. That's I think that that's a, that's a very fair statement to say, Maggie. How are you? How are things going? How was your weekend? Well, um, as you guys are going to hear on this entire podcast, um, my voice sounds like this, so I am very happy as well. I am happier than the K State fans are, so that is great. Um, yeah, it was a great it was a great day. It, I ended up I told everybody I was going to go home immediately after the game. I did not go home immediately after the game. I think I got home, I get back to St. Louis around like 9, 9 p.m., 8.30, 9 p.m. So it was a, it was a great day. I had, I had a blast, um, met a bunch of people in my section. Shout out section, I'm not going to tell anybody. But um, yeah, had a, great, had a great day and yeah, um, it was a blast. And I, d- I know we all picked against Mizzou last week based on the Middle Tennessee game, but I do want to go back to the season pre- preview. Where I did pick Mizzou to beat K State. That is true. Uh, is, but, as long as you pick both ways, you can't be wrong. Exactly. There is, there is. Exactly. Uh, Gabe and I were steadfast in our ways of picking K State in both uh, the season preview and also uh, the game preview. And as Gabe, I think you you said this several times, really going into this game, is you can only really judge them off of what we had seen from them, and what we had seen from them was not very great until Saturday, and we we saw something a lot different than what we'd seen in the first two weeks. And that's where, look, if you said all last week they're better than K-State, they're going to beat K-State, Brady Cook's going to throw for 356 yards and do something we've never seen Brady Cook do, good for you. Right, right. But what I despise about the online discourse is the shaming people who thought different. Um, you know, I like... And it would have gone the same way. Had K-State come out and won that game 31-17, it would have gone the same way the other way. It would have been, why did you ever think that wasn't going to happen? You know, it's just, I I don't know why. Our first reaction is to fight about what happened. Whereas to me, I don't know why any Missouri fan would want to fight with anybody right now. Like, you're 3-0, you just won a game in one of the more improbable ways I've seen to be quite honest, at Missouri especially. So everybody should be happy because there's a decent chance you're going to be 5-0 and when LSU comes to town in, in two weeks. And yeah. that's what we've talked about for a long time. It's like, hey, that's, that's the ultimate goal here. The only thing that I disagree with there is the player introductions. And I'm not going to sit here and tell oh, why I'm not going to sit here and like, you know, I get everybody's frustrated, but you should never boo players at the beginning of a game ever. You should never boo players ever anyways. 
because we've talked about this a million times on our podcast. It's not Brady's fault that he's the best option. It's not. If in, And a lot of people were like, well, I think that they were booing drink. Well, then boo. Boo when drink's name is announced. Don't boo. That's what they said when they booed. That's what they said when they booed Connor Basilak, too. I promise you, that's not how Connor Basilak took it. But I don't want to get into a morality thing other than to say, well done, Brady Cook. Well done. He He played angry. He played the game that that nobody really thought you had in you. And as I said on Saturday night, like he just went out and lived his lifelong dream for a day. He's yeah. better off than any of us who wrote mean things about him, anybody who posted mean things about him, and anybody that booed him, because most of us have never gotten that chance. And I reminded my group chat that if they promised that they said that they, if if Mizzou would be K-State, that they would go buy Emo's Pizza, that they better go out and buy some Emo's Pizza. I reminded yeah. them that's so. a punishment. Let's not get it too far here. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, Let's... they made promises, so you gotta, you gotta fulfill those promises. For them. Did they have to eat it? I mean, hey. Or could they just they buy didn't it? Make that, they didn't make that promise. They just said they had to buy it. I don't know if anybody from St. Louis listens to this, but if they do, they're not going to anymore. We got, we got, some, we got some listeners. We got some listeners over here. Yeah, uh, the emos is... Uh, is uh, I'm trying to be nice here. Trying to be politically correct. It's nope. not that bad. You not my favorite. Come on. Not my favorite. All right, fine. We'll stop talking about emo's pizza. Uh, We don't need to be divisive in this moment of of unity here. uh, As Missouri does get an improbable win, Gabe, as you mentioned, Uh, with a team, Missouri in the recent years seems to do whatever they can to lose games, and they've lost games in some improbable ways, i.e. Auburn, Kentucky last year, to this year now hitting a 61-yard field goal after yeah. a delay a game penalty, which uh, still has me scratching my head, I think I saw a lot of people on Twitter afterwards say that Drink needs to buy Harrison Mavis a house now. Uh, doesn't care what the rates are uh, because he's got to be thanking him greatly for hitting that field goal. Uh, let's talk. Let's start with that delay a game penalty, Gabe, because uh, I, I want to know what Drink would said after the game. What was kind of going through his head? Because when that happened, I, for the life of me, could not figure it out. Basically, what happened is after the spike, everybody kind of acted like there was a timeout. Now, I don't know why they thought that necessarily. I don't know if somebody said that, but it it seemed like player. And honestly, I didn't really think anything. I, you know, they were just they all went over and huddled up and this and that. I didn't think anything about it honestly until all of a sudden I was like, oh wait, they just threw a flag. Um, but and Drinkwood said after the game. He said that is what, before he was even asked, 100% on me, totally boneheaded move. My players bailed me out. And cool. I I mean, we've all messed up at our job. Now, let's be honest. If that kick doesn't go through and they go to overtime and lose, that's all anybody's talking about. And and that's that's how this business is. So I I think you can go two ways. You can either say, well, hey, they won. So it's just kind of something we laugh about. Or you can be hung up on, how did he do that? Oh my God, he's going to lose us again. Well, if it happens again, he'll get killed. Probably not literally, you know. Um, but he will will take a lot of heat, and deservedly so. Uh, but the the thing that I think was lost, it so after everybody had stormed the field, somebody in the press box said, there's a flag. And we're like, 
oh my God, this would be incredible if there's a flag because I don't know how they fix this, right? Yeah. Like everybody's, I don't know what you do. I don't know how long it takes. Um, and Drinkwitz said the flag was because Kansas State had two guys wearing number eight on the field at the same time. So if Harrison Mevis misses the 61-yarder, he's going to get to try a 56-yarder to win. Mm. And I, I find it interesting because that happened even after, I think what happened, K-State did not initially have somebody back to return the kick gotcha. if it was short. That's why they called the timeout. I don't think it was Ice Harrison Mevis. I think they thought, we better get somebody back there. Maybe we can have a kick six situation. So they call the timeout. The guy that went back to return that kick was Philip Brooks, who wears number eight. I assume there's a guy already on the special teams that wears number eight, and that should have been the guy he replaced, and it wasn't. But it, it was really even going back further to K-State getting a delay of game on third and goal with the three that could have changed what Missouri needed on that last drive. I mean, there were some mistakes on both sidelines. Absolutely. And we talk about kind of the, the coaching. We talked about this before. I mean, we talked about it before we started recording. We talked about it before, you know, on the game preview podcast about coaching, how Chris Kleiman's team seemed pretty well disciplined and he seemed to be a very uh, good coach in that regard. But there were some mental mental mistakes by both teams. It got a little sloppy there towards the end when you talk about like the, the delay game. There were some, some false starts on both sides. There were some penalties that probably shouldn't have been having very mental lapses. Uh, Maggie, but I want to get your thoughts kind of on on what was going on in that little last, I don't know how much long of game time. It was probably four minutes of game time, five minutes of game time uh, after afterwards. But uh, what, what were your thoughts kind of on the both the, the delay of games uh, from Kent State and Missouri? Well, it kind of felt like we kept giving up momentum, right? So we... we, we st- Well, I guess it was like, what, second and 15 when... Um, what, did... Yeah, Niles got he got the um the face mask penalty um on the on the Tyron Hopper sack. I think we he had lost like four yards. So we'd got that that great sack. Then we see the face mask. You can see the face mask from I think I was a hundred yards away from from that from there. So you know, you give that up, they get the first down, they march down the field, but then we hold them to a field goal. Amazing. We're getting the ball back with about five minutes to go. We think we can probably use five minutes of play clock to march down the field, score a touchdown. We're moving the ball decently well the game, this game. Not so much in the second half, but we've been moving the ball pretty well against their secondary against their secondary. I would say our wide receivers were much more talented than their secondary was. We were able to kind of throw the ball up and Weiss was able to make some great catches. Burden was able to make some great catches. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I figured we could move the ball pretty well. We get the ball back. We go three and out. Two ridiculous penalties. Um, uh, we have a false start. We have the delay of game. And I think the false start was on Javon Foster, which is completely out of character for him as well. So we just kind of kept giving up that momentum. Then we give them the ball back. Um, they run a six, six plays. I'm pretty positive something like that. They get a first down. And then we get the ball back again with, I don't know, a minute, 30, minute 20. And then all of that stuff happens with the, the, the second delay of game. And the crowd is kind of, you know, 
losing their minds a little bit because things don't. And I know Gabe's probably not going to be a fan of me saying this, but we fans we never think these things go our way. As yeah, I didn't think he was going to make it. Well, no, I mean, but I mean, even just complaining about the delay, like the the delay of game, and like complaining about these types of penalties, like you know, everybody in the in the crowd is yelling, or you know, when when Tolleson, um, um hiked the, the ball early, yeah. yeah, the the, the snap. The bad snap. I mean, it's just things like that that we're sitting here and we're as fans. We're like, of course Mizzou is doing this. Of course Mizzou is going to ruin this game. Because this is kind of like just what we do as fans, even though that's kind of ridiculous for us to think this way. Yeah, I don't think that game... I don't think it was necessarily well played on either side. Oh, no. It was It was fun. It was really entertaining. But I think both coaching staffs got in on Sunday and go, why didn't we win that game by 17 points? Yeah, I, I agree. Well, I kept reading things on Twitter... Um, of K-State being like, oh, we completely just blew this game ourselves. Like, we should have won this game. But, like, not looking at it from the Mizzou side of Mizzou being like, oh, like, we um, we should have, we would have completely lost this game for ourselves if we would have lost it. Like, it would have been the same way. I think either way, if whichever team lost would have felt that way. Um, But, yeah, I just feel like we kept giving up that momentum. And I, I do think, I agree, like, I think Kleiman said this too. One of the coaches said this in their post-game, com- or in their their press conference. Whoever had the ball at the end was likely going to win that game. And we were lucky that Harrison Mavis has a leg on him and that he had that confidence in him. And I know that he has that confidence. We all know that he has that confidence. And to see him go out there and put everything from last year, everything from the past couple of days or past couple of games aside and just go out there and his team believed in him. You saw those players go up to him and like, you know, just tap him and be like, you got this. I know Brady said some things to him before he went up there and kicked it as well. And just to know that everybody believes in you, even when maybe the the fans might not after the past couple of weeks or, you know, the end of last season or whatever you're going through, for him to believe in himself, I just think was great. And that's just a moment that you're going to remember forever. And it's a game I'm going to remember for a very long time. So it was it was awesome. Somebody brought up an interesting point on our message board. They said, if it's a 56-yarder, like it's long, but a lot of us think Mevis will make that. And is there somehow more pressure on a 56-yarder than just going out there from 61 where everybody goes, well, nobody's going to make this. He's not going to kick it that far, you know? I mean, yeah, because if he if he misses it, if he misses it, people are blaming drink. They're not really blaming Like that's not his. Yeah. No, everybody's like, eh, I mean... Yeah, yeah he it tried. Like when Lane Kiffin sent out Janikowski to try a 75 yard field goal a few years ago, it's like, well, of course he's going to miss it. Nobody's mad at him for missing it. Right. Right. And you couldn't even tell where I was sitting because I'm kind of on the 35, 40 yard line on in the south, on the south end zone. So you couldn't even really tell. Um, I was just waiting for the where the north end zone for the rock, everybody where the where the rock M was to react. And once they reacted, that's when everybody else reacted because you couldn't even tell because he only made it by like what five feet, six feet. I I think it would have been good from sixty two. It might have been good from sixty three. It would not have been good from sixty four. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Gabe, I, I gotta be honest. I was on Twitter right before uh, the kick happened, and I saw your tweet pop up, and I knew that it was good before I saw it go through. 
That's which, why you don't get on Twitter during games. Which is 100% why you don't. And I, I wasn't even like trying to spoil it, right? I was just like looking. Because it was one of those things where they had just called the timeout. They were coming back from the timeout on TV, at least. Um, so I was like just looking down on my phone. I hit re- the refresh, and then your tweet was up there. And I, said, I think I, I think I turned to, to my girlfriend, Tara, and said, oh, my gosh, he made it. And she said, what? <laughs> I said, he made this. And But it was one of those situations where uh, you're right. Like, if he misses it, they go to overtime. Hopefully you win the toss, right? You know, basically, yeah, hopefully you win the toss. But it, it was kind of, I don't want to say low stakes, but, like, the, the pressure wasn't there, Gabe, as you did mention, of, like, if he misses if he misses a 56, we're kind of, we're kind of uh, you know, oh, shucks, that, that's too bad. They could have had that one. That one was right there. But 61, you're just like, oh, okay, that's fine. It's 61-yard field goal. It's fine. Um, but I think that him making it makes that game even more dramatic because, as we mentioned, kind of it, it started to lose the lose the. I thought it was a pretty well played game up in, in like the first half. I thought the first half was pretty well played for on both sides. It started to get a li- little bit more sloppy as that game ticked on. Um, but I, I think yeah, we had to start with like the fourth quarter, right? And and, and the dramatics that happened in the fourth quarter uh, with with everything that's going on. But there's still so much to talk about from like the first three and a half quarters because I think we, we got to see a whole lot of, of good things from the Missouri offense, the Missouri defense, uh, but we're going to take a break first before we talk about that stuff. And maybe we'll talk about Memphis, who knows, uh, but this game uh, this game was just so uh, crazy that I don't, I don't know if we're going to be able to get the Memphis in our allotted time, but uh, we'll see on the other side of this break. But first, I got to tell you about our friends at Home Field Apparel. Celebrate that win with code KCSN. You get 15% off at checkout of your first order, they got a great selection going on. Shipping time's a bit slow right now. They've they're dealing with some stuff over there at Homefield, so just want just want to let you know they've they've been dealing with some stuff. So shipping times are a little bit slower, but they've got a great collection of stuff from Mizzou uh, to all kinds of other colleges. If you got allegiances elsewhere, you will be set with all kinds of vintage apparel. Over 150 colleges, and they do the vintage made right over there at HomefieldApparel.com. Go check that out. Get 50% off your first purchase by using code KCSN23. We'll be right back after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. 
Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware. All right, welcome back into Mizzou. That's who, uh, as we mentioned, very dramatic game, very dramatic ending, but there's still so much to talk about. And I think the first thing, we could talk about Brady Cook, we could talk about uh, the performance that the offense had, but I want to talk about Luther Burden. Um, I feel like it's kind of an injustice. We've been 18 minutes into this podcast, haven't mentioned Luther Burden yet. Uh, another heck of a game from him. This So far this season, Luther Burden has 22 catches, 324 yards, three touchdowns, and 10 missed tackles forced. Uh, that's a, that was a tweet according to Pro Football Focus College. I believe 10 missed tackles forced is a PFF stat. Um, I'm not sure if that's an, that's one actually in the, in the, uh, the official stat book, but um, that's pretty impressive uh, from Luther Burden. And we knew that this dude was uh, going to be a problem for a lot of teams, but to see him... Uh, you know, even starting off the game with that deep ball that Brady Cook connects with him, and you're just like, yes, more of that, please. Um, and getting the ball with the him in space and having him make people miss. There was a screen pass, I believe, earlier in the game where he catches it and kind of swishes field and goes all the way around to the other side. And you're like, well, just make this the offense. Just give him the ball. And so it feels like we've been screaming for that. And even with like uh, when it comes to just Luther being able to make plays on on just every aspect of this team. Uh, it's been a really encouraging start to the season. I believe did he have 317 yards last year, and now he's already like surpassed that in two games or something like that. I think I, I saw Drod's feet close to what he had last year. I don't know if he passed it, but he. Uh, I, I told somebody in the second quarter. I said we sometimes we screw up recruiting rankings. We didn't screw this one up. Like this one, he's he's that good. Um, but I thought, and and not to take away from what he did because I. I said at one point early in the third quarter, I said, this might just be them building the whole plane out of Luther Burton the second half because Brady, they didn't know what he could do. He didn't look great. It is very apparent at this point they don't trust Sam Horn to go on the field. I mean, they just don't, you know. And so I thought we might just see Luther get 47 touches. I thought the best thing to come out of that game was that other guys did it. Mookie caught four balls for 79 yards. Theo Weiss caught the two that put them in field goal range. Brett Norfleet made probably the best catch of the football game on either side. Um, you know, Cody Schrader had one big run. Uh, they, they used other guys. And I, I used to get so frustrated last year when every radio interview I did was, why can't Luther get the ball more? And I said, guys, you've got to quit talking. You've got to start talking about the Missouri offense with Luther Burden, not Luther Burden in the Missouri offense. Right. Like this works when he's part of the bigger picture and, and when he's drawing two guys to him and getting other guys open and those guys are making plays. That is what happened Saturday that, that has not previously. Happened. And I think this puts, you know, puts to rest the question that I think a lot of people were asking, were they keeping the playbook closed a little bit? I would say yes. And drink answered that question in his press conference. He said, guys, it's chess or it's checker or chess not checkers. And yep. made it very clear. And if you look even at the stats of Schrader and Pete carried the ball combined 17 times in this game. They carried the ball against Middle Tennessee 31 times combined. They carried it 32 times against South Dakota. 17 times in this game. They just let their guy they let their wide receivers out athletic K K State secondary, I think. And credit to them for getting to the point of being able to do that without using anything. 
But I wonder with nine minutes left against Middle Tennessee, if they're kind of like, hey, you got any of them good plays we can do? <laughs> you know, we I opened mean, it up like a little bit. Right, like there's like right. the first, you know, like, maybe chapter two. Everything, but maybe just like a crack in the door. But credit to them, they made it. They were 2-0. and That was all that mattered. And so, yeah, like, I mean, we said last week, and I said on our site, look, all of this stuff that I'm saying, maybe it's going to look really stupid on Saturday night. And it did. And credit to Eli Drinkwitz for that. And credit to Kirby Moore and Brady Cook for that. And let's also talk about how everybody had been upset about hunting on hunting on the third or on the fourth downs or, you know, kicking the field goals on the fourth down. He went for, he went for it on a, on a fourth down and yeah. Brady Cook scored a touchdown. So, and Matt, everybody was pleased stoked. by that. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, everybody was very pleased. By that. that was needed. Um, that fourth down. I even made a note of that, that fourth down of like the aggressiveness coming back and calling that play uh, to run a fake reverse. Again, Gabe, as you mentioned, it was that, a nice play call. Yeah, that play works because Luther did what he did earlier in the game. Like they have to respect Luther in there. Are they going? Like because listen, if, if you're a defensive coach, like Chris Kyman is a defensive coach, right? You're thinking, okay, they probably want to put the ball in their best players' hands when they're at fourth and goal. So if you fake it to Luther, have some guys commit that way. It's a good. It's an easy run for for Brady. I thought Brady made some really good decisions. Made some really good throws too. Uh, we should not take away, you know. Anything that Brady did in that game, really tough. I don't think anyone's taking away what Brady did in that game, but incredibly tough coming in after after getting injured. And and I had made a tweet saying like, hey, like I Missouri needs to stay aggressive. If Brady Cook can't do that, you got to get another quarterback in there to stay aggressive. And clearly, Brady Cook could do that, right? Brady Cook could keep them staying aggressive, and I think that was big. Well, and I thought the third quarter was a lot about them figuring out what can he do here, mm. like. How can we use him? You know, and then I think it just came a point. And Drinkwood said he he went to Brady and he said, "I know you're not going to come out, but like if you can't help us win this game, you have to tell me." Yeah. And I think once they had that conversation, I think it was just all right. Put it all out there. And like I did say in the, I told somebody late first quarter in that game, I said I think they're going to run Brady Cook till he dies. Like it was just. Every play he was running the football, you know, it wasn't really working to be quite honest. Um, but credit to the kid for, yeah, just hey, fourth quarter came and it was either you open this thing up and let him go and let him fly or let him fail, or you got to get somebody in there who can. Yep. And so they said, this this is how we have to win this game. We're going to find out if you can. Do it. Obviously, made the red call. Uh, and, and I even made a tweet. No, like, no more questions anymore. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And, and I even, and I'm glad that Drinkwood said like something after the game. We talked about the, the quarterback booing and everything. Like uh, it, it almost was reminiscent of uh, Mike Gundy's "I'm a man, I'm 40, come after me" type of deal. Um, and but I, and I, let's be let's be clear, he's not talking to the fans when he says that. He said that for his quarterback and his team. And I promise they appreciate it. I, I absolutely. If 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 the students who booed, or if the guy who sat in row thirty eight and paid sixty dollars for his ticket or whatever is mad that Eli's attacking the fans, fine. But he's not talking to you, really. Right. He's he's sending a message to his guys that he's got their back. I'm talking to you, but he's not. <laughs> I I think 
I didn't know that happened truthfully until after the I game. Right? Not not being not being at the stadium, I didn't know that that happened. Um, so I was like, Boo. I'm like, well, I was like, I don't remember booing going on in the game. Um, but it took somebody like saying it on Twitter. I still had people responding to me saying I, I made a tweet like saying like God Drink said this basically. Um, and someone was like, and I, like he's Brady's obviously done everything he had to do to win the quarterback job two years in a row after being recruited over and everything. That's something that we've talked about at nauseum on this podcast, but people were still like, well, how do we know he's still, how do we know that he's the best quarterback? We haven't, there haven't been, there haven't been equal opportunities given. That's, and, and I thought Drake, Drake even said this. He, I think somebody asked, I can't remember who it was. Somebody asked him like, uh, have you seen Brady throw the ball like that? And he's like, yeah, every day in practice. Like these guys are around their players a lot more than you are. Random Mizzou fan in my Twitter mentions. Obviously he's going to know a little bit more about his quarterback choice than you are. Who's saying, oh, we haven't seen a whole lot of Sam Horn. We know who has? Eli Drinkwitz has seen a whole lot of Sam Horn, and he's seen a whole lot of Brady Cook practice. I learned when I needed to on the two plays Brady was out. Yes. Handed the ball off. Yes. Not even a screen pass, not a slant. Hand the ball off. Let us get our guy back in. Um, now, look, that's going to be a problem if Brady's hurt later in the year, yes. right? It, like, there's going to be a point. I, I mean, it'd be great if you're up. 27 points on Memphis this weekend and you can put Sam Horn in the game and let him do some of those things um, because I don't know that we know he can do it again. That's you make a good point because we don't really know what's, what the deal is with the knee injury, right? I mean, it might rub a little bit of Icy Hot on and do whatever they got to do to get it get it back in the game. I don't know if Icy Hot helps with the knee. That was the first thing that came to my mind. Uh, but I didn't want to say give them a cortisone shot because I don't know if they just hand those out in college. Um, I thought that might be a violation of some sort. Uh, but but I do think that like that's going to be something when you talk about this Memphis game to keep, to keep your eye on. Memphis is coming off a really close game with Navy, a game that maybe Navy's good. I don't know. Navy, that, that's a weird team because they put together like an air raid two-minute drive, and I was like, what is going on? Um, that game wasn't – they have a, they're coming off a long rest for Memphis's coming to this game against Missouri because they played on a Thursday uh, ahead of this Saturday game. But uh, I still want to talk about – like, again, we've gone 28 minutes into this podcast, almost a half hour into this podcast, and haven't mentioned the Missouri defense, like, at all. Uh, and, and rightfully so because putting up 30 points against Kansas State – uh, Missouri's offense played really well, obviously with Brady Cook and uh, Luther Burden, but I thought a, a guy that played very well and just a unit that played really well was a front seven for Missouri's defense. Getting after Will Howard kind of turned Will Howard into a pumpkin there for uh, for that last half, really. Um, still frustrated how open Ben Sinek kept getting because like, how could he not cover that guy? Uh, hey, but I thought he's good. Yeah, yeah, he he's good. He is, but I thought Tyron Hopper played really well. As a long meandering point uh, to me to get to, Tyron Hopper is a dude, and he will go in the NFL draft this spring, um, and he will probably might even go pretty high in this NFL draft. You know what's funny about Ben Sinnott is that everybody, K-State fans were kind of given Luther Burden a lot of crap about his stats last year uh, at K-State. You know, he had one reception for three yards, and, you know, I've gotten crap for talking about the weather last year, and Chris Kleiman brought up the weather last year and saying that, you know, Brady wasn't as bad as as he, he may have looked last year playing in the rain. Ben Sennett had one reception for three yards last year in uh, at K-State, too. So it's kind of interesting because, you know, you, you didn't really get to see him perform last year. So it was very, you know, he is he's a dude. He he he's good watching him just make those those catches across the middle. But, you know, when you bring those blitzes, 
Like, you know, when you're you when you're going after Will Howard all day, he's gonna be open a lot across the middle. So and he made he made some catches that weren't that great of passes. I mean, yeah. he made one yeah. over by the K State sideline that was maybe two or three feet like above his head that I don't know if I've ever seen anybody make like jump that high to make that catch. I mean, it was a, a phenomenal catch. Yeah, he's a, he's a great he's a great tight end. And I thought Blake Baker. Caught, I mean, it was very obvious very early on. If you get to third down, we're coming. Yeah, we're we're not even gonna hide it. We're coming. And even on, it was the the third and eight after K State's delay of game. I think. Um, could have been the next drive. I don't know. They, like I said, I forgot most of the first three and a half quarters of this game. But there, there was a, a critical play where Missouri has to get K-State off the field. And they only brought four, but they did it by bringing Dalen Carnell and dropping a defensive lineman out. Yep. Um, Will Howard wasn't sure where the pressure was coming from. And, and it has to be mentioned here, too. Will Howard couldn't. And Kleiman said after the game, he didn't know what the injury was, but he was hurt. Every time Avery Johnson came on the field, he ran the ball. And then when Avery Johnson came back out, Will Howard was limping when he came back on the field. And I think that had an impact. I, I just kept expecting, like Avery Johnson kept coming out and kept running the ball and pretty effectively getting six, seven yards of carry. And I just, I kept saying, they're setting up the one time they have to have it, he's going to throw it. Yeah. And he never did, and I don't know why. Yeah. No, and he didn't even Avery Johnson didn't even hand the ball off. He ran the ball yeah. every single time he stepped on the field. And I was like, and I would I was telling everybody because I mean, I've followed Avery Johnson kind of closely because of all, all of that drama that kind of happened when he got recruited. So when he came out and you know, his his hair is kind of like you can kind of tell through his helmet. So I was like, oh my gosh, that's Avery Johnson out there. So I knew immediately kind of who it was. And I was like, he's going to run the ball. And every single time he came out, he ran the ball. And so I was like, Blake Baker's got to be seeing this. He's got to know every single time that they're running. And eventually, you know, they picked it up. They picked up on it, you know, every time. So Both quarterbacks being hampered um, added just like another layer to this game, right? Uh, both quarterbacks being banged up with lower body injuries. Um, and it was very clear that, you know, Will Howard did not have any sort of mobility, any sort of movement. I think there was one play that he slid down short of the first down that, like, if he was healthy, it probably would have been a first down and more. Uh, that was late in the game. Um, but, no, I, I think that very, very gritty game, very physical game, um, very reminiscent of those old Big 12 clashes between uh, K-State and, and Missouri. But uh, overall, I thought the defense did play really well. The, they, they were able to get after uh, Will Howard and kind of, kind of pressure him and enforce the interception. I believe that was early in the first quarter. That interception happened where he just, he just had, I think Tyron Hopper was coming right at him and Will Howard was like, I do not want to deal with this and just kind of chucked it up. And it was basically a great pass to Chris Abram strain uh, who was able to come down with that interception. That was the difference between the two quarterbacks. I don't remember Brady putting one in danger. I thought Missouri could add four interceptions at halftime. I, I really did. Um, he got away with a few, you know, but Missouri played th this whole thing. Missouri won the game. I didn't think they could win. They played complimentary football. First of all, the offense didn't kill the defense. You know, they, they helped each other out. And I, I mean, I told Gerard Hamilton before the game, I said, it's a one score game in the fourth quarter. 
and somebody's going to make a play to win it. And I said, the reason I picked Kansas State is because I haven't seen Missouri do that. And they yeah. did. So they went out and did what we didn't know if they could do. So I could ask for uh, in that situation. But uh, you know what else you can ask for is winning money at DraftKings Sportsbook, our friends there. And we're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups and walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and with sign up with code KCSN. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly and bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. With code KCSN, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles in Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets up expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. All right. Before we go, I do want to touch on Memphis. But before we fully move on to Memphis, any final thoughts on the K-State game? Gabe, I will start with you. Um, I think this ends the hot seat conversation. Uh, mm. Barring a collapse. You know, they, I mean, they've got to win, what, four more games to get to seven. Uh, we said last week, like, you, you probably can't get to eight if you don't win this. Well, I think they can get to eight now. I don't know if they will. Um, but yeah. you go out and beat Memphis, beat Vandy, you're sitting five and zero. Oh, pick up two or three more. Um, you know, I it, it would be it would be a pretty big collapse for us to be discussing Eli Drinkwitz's job at any point. I think at the, at the rest of this, huh. Maggie. Yeah, I'm. I'm the same way. I'm thinking the the seven and five, eight and four conversation is definitely still in play. I'm also thinking that the SSC East might be a little bit more open than yeah. maybe we thought going into the season. I think all of us kind of were looking at us maybe in that five six range. We could end up somewhere anywhere between. I don't know. To I I don't even know. Like I, I mean, literally I, don't know. After watching some of those games, after like after, and we were sitting at big sitting at Big Twelve with everybody else in Columbia, watching some of them, I don't even know where we could land. I don't. Yeah, I think number one in the SEC is still pretty clear. I mean, Georgia maybe isn't as dominant as we thought, but I I think they're probably still pretty obviously the best team. I think number fourteen is clear. And I think on any given day, number two could beat number 13 uh, or vice versa. I, I mean, throw those teams, because if you look at this weekend and say, well, Georgia's worse than I thought and Alabama's worse than I thought and Tennessee's worse than I thought, well, then you have to say, but maybe Florida and South Carolina are better than I thought. Maybe Missouri's better than I thought. So I, it's it's really simply about who plays as close to, the, uh, to their best as they can the most times. Well, that's what I was going to ask. I was going to ask you if you thought that me if if you thought that South Carolina and Florida were better, or if 
Yeah, we thought I didn't that the watch... SEC was worse. I mean, I didn't watch. Obviously, I didn't watch any of the South Carolina game because it was going on. I think the the same time, or at least when we were right. And I watched a little Tennessee, Florida. Uh, Tennessee looked pretty bad, honestly. Um, they're questionable. Florida, I don't believe in Florida being consistent, but I I don't know if I had to pick any of those games today. I don't know. I might get them all wrong. It, you know, I mean, it, what the SEC has had in the past is multiple teams that you looked at and said they can win a national title. I think it's got one this year. And okay. I think that's all. Um, I mean, theoretically, I guess Ole Miss could. I, that, they're not that good. Theoretically, A&M could. I don't see that. I, Bama can't at this point. They, they just don't have enough. I think Georgia, maybe, maybe outside shot LSU. But I think it, it's interesting. I think the SEC this year is what Missouri fans have crapped on the Big 12 for being in basketball for a lot of years, which is there's really only one that's a top four team, probably. But you might have 10 that are top 30 teams, you know, and I I don't know what makes a conference good. Does it make is it good if there's three teams that are good enough to win the whole thing? Mm. Or is it or is it good if the fourth place team from some other league looks and goes, man, I don't want to play that team that just finished 11. You know, I, I don't know which one's better. Yeah. I might give a hot take and say that I don't think the national champion is coming from the SEC this year. But I said that before the season. People got real mad at me. Oh, great. I might still be wrong. <laughs> Here they go. Said Michigan. Is that who you thought it was, Gabe? I think it's Michigan. No, I just said I just said if you oh. give me the field, I'll take the field. You take the field. Michigan has not co- has not covered um once this year, by the way. Just- I I don't know. I don't mean to get too far off track. I don't know if anybody's good in college football. Like, yeah, because his offense is good, but their defense is Swiss cheese. Right? So I, I, I do think, I think that Washington's this, pretty good. Yeah, I do too. This is probably the the biggest parody year I think we've had in recent memory. What I can think of, just like the top tier of college football, in terms of I mean, obviously Georgia's good. I mean, I don't, I don't they'll be in it toward, till the very end. Uh, but I think that like in terms of parody of everybody else who's competing, I don't. I don't think Ohio State's up there. Michigan's obviously up there. You're getting teams like Texas getting back up there, USC. Um, but like, we they're think so many Georgia's good, good, but Georgia hasn't played all that well. That's fair. 100%. You know, well, I, I mean, well, I think you know, Florida good, State's but... good, but then they barely went beat Boston right. College. So it's right. like, what's going on? I wish we could have a 12 team playoff this year. Yeah. That'd be wow. good to hear for it. It would be. Sorry to throw us off. No, it's okay. Um, you know, Memphis, do- though, they played in, huh? Yeah, they do play Memphis. As I mentioned earlier, Memphis is coming off of a, of a long week. They play on Thursday against Navy, escaped with, I believe, a one-possession win over uh, a Navy team that got throttled uh, by Notre Dame, which Notre Dame might be good. Um, who knows? Maybe that they actually have a quarterback that they're pretty decent. But uh, Navy also hasn't looked that impressive against any of the other teams that they played, but they looked good against Memphis. Um, I, I think the general concern about Memphis is Mizzou's coming off of a pretty big win. It's a good, it's a, it's a spot for a letdown. I think is what a lot of people, when you look at this game on the surface level, you can see a spot for a letdown, a neutral site game. Obviously, big for a lot of the kids from St. Louis. Um, I think Ben Fredrickson wrote a really great article in the St. Louis Post Dispatch about. Um, he said, "You don't think this matters? Ask kids from St. Louis." Um, and basically, he—that's what he did. Let's get some St. Louis about what it means to play in the dome, and I think that that's um, 
it's a very important thing to a lot of the, the St. Louis people to have a game there against Memphis, a game that they should win. Um, I haven't looked at the line yet, and I, I don't. I think yeah. it's like seven. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's what I would have guessed it would have been at. So um, I'm really interested to see how Missouri responds. I think it's going to be very crucial to see how they respond uh, in this one because, as I mentioned, good spot for a letdown. It's easy to get a team up for for Saturday against Kansas State, against a team that ran you off the field last year yep. in a game that everybody's saying is your biggest in years. It is much tougher to get a team up for a game against an AAC opponent in front of 35,000 people. It, I, it Missouri can't just roll the helmets out and win. Like, they should win this game, but if they just show up and figure, eh, go through the motions, they'll get beat because, like, Memphis is better than Middle Tennessee. Yeah, I did. I this is a weird one for me because I'm not from I'm not from St. Louis. Um, I I grew up coming to St. Louis, and the only reason we came to St. Louis growing up was to go to the state championships. Like my dad, football coach, came here every November, and we watched football at the dome. Like football at the dome was, you know, that's was my childhood in November, and I looked forward to the trip every single year. And so it's special to me. And I know that it's special to a lot of the people in St. Louis. I know that it's special to a lot of these kids that were even, you know, younger than me. So it is, I know that it's going to be special to these players. And I wish that more people in the state of Missouri felt the need to come over for this game. I wish people in Kansas City felt the need to come over for this game. I really do. Um, because I, mean, I, it, I remember... It, it, it's Memphis. It, it's not it, the Dome or right. it's Memphis. It, yeah, yeah, it's Memphis. And it's like... But that's crazy to me because it's like Memphis is not far. Like Memphis, those play those they likely want to recruit in St. Louis. Like that's not St. Louis is a great recruiting ground for for teams everywhere. You know what I mean? Like Notre Dame is coming into St. Louis and trying to take our guys. LSU is clearly coming into St. Louis and trying to take our guys. This is an opportunity for us to be like, look how much the state of Missouri supports St. Louis recruits. And I just feel like... Take a guess at Memphis's average attendance at home games last year. Oh, I don't even want to know. I don't even know how much their stadium, what they're... They play in the Liberty Bowl. 26,196 a game. So that's for people having to drive 10 minutes. Like, I've I've been told Memphis is... They'll have about 1,000 fans there on Saturday. And... This is, again, Missouri was in a tough spot. They want to get a game in St. Louis. They're not playing Illinois. You don't want to give up a home game. I get it. But the casual Missouri fan just isn't all that likely to be motivated by, oh, let's go watch Memphis. Like, I think somebody who lives in St. Louis, if they can pick one game, hey, do you want to drive over to the Dome and watch them play Memphis? Or do you want to just make a Saturday of it and get to go see LSU at two? I think most people will sacrifice the four hours in the car. Yeah, I get it. And I, I mean, I have some friends that are coming and, you know, they're making a weekend of it. And do I, I absolutely wish that this was like a two thirty game. I think the six thirty game isn't great, especially because the Saturday slate of games is good. Um, I'm, I'm pretty upset, pretty upset also because of that, because I like, it's like Alabama and Ole Miss is playing, are playing and there's some really good games this weekend. So I'm kind of bummed about that. But 
I don't know. It's just there's just something exciting exciting about it for me. And I'm not even, you know, I'm not even from here. So I, I wish more people wanted to come. I remember the games whenever I was at, at Mizzou and like going to Arrowhead to watch the games. And I'm not not even I'm not from Kansas City either, but and I'm not honestly, I'm not even a big fan of neutral site games, to be perfectly honest with you. I, I like, you know, home games or going to away games at their stadium. But um, yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm excited for my friends to come to St. Louis. I'm excited to take them to, you know, St. Louis restaurants and show them kind of go to the bars here and kind of show them a good time because a lot of people from Kansas City, I feel like, don't come to St. Louis that often. I know, Tucker, you came for the Cardinals game. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, you, hopefully you had fun. But um, yeah, I'm excited about it. I, I think we have let one game cloud our view of what neutral site games are. In 2007, it was the first one. And it was so damn perfect. They oh, it's amazing. It. Oh, they should have so never fun. done it again. Because yeah. it was never going to be that good ever again. It was... It, I, most people who were there, I think, would say it was the best sporting event they've ever been to. Um, yeah. If anybody asks, top, I always say that. It's the best one I've covered. It's top probably three I've attended. Um, and it was so good. Like, I think we have this recollection of Missouri, Kansas, and Arrowhead, and that's what it is. But it was never that again. Right. The next year was depressing as hell. It was 40,000 people in the ice. It was awful. Um, And then they played Arkansas State up there once, and it was just depressing. It was 37,000 people, I think, in Chase Daniels' first start. And so if you're going to chase that, if you're going to play one of these games, I want it to be that ESPN has said, we want you in St. Louis, and we want to match you up against this team. Uh, I get why Missouri did it. I'm not blaming Missouri for trying it. I just like the upper deck basically is is barely going to be used. the The sellable tickets are somewhere in the mid thirty thousands, I think, which is a little over fifty percent of how many can fit in there if you open every seat. And hey, it's the game that made sense to do it. But I don't know what if what if you'd had the Vandy game. Now, I, I think it's a hard sell to take an SEC game off campus, you know, but I just, I know they wanted to get a game there. I just hope enough people go that they, you know, that they don't look at it and go, yeah, we're not going to try this. again. Just get enough there to maybe do it with an opponent that has a little more juice. Sure. Truthfully, uh, the way that the state of the Illinois program is, I don't know if it would have brought a lot of juice either. I know there's a lot of Illinois fans there, but like Illinois is not good. Um, it, it would be, I think it would be a bigger they draw might, than Memphis, but right, I don't exactly. Uh, still, I, I mean, people go based on the name a lot of times. For sure, absolutely. absolutely. Often, here, I bet, I bet attendance at Kaufman was a lot better for them than anybody else, except the card. That's true, but it, it it it'll be a it'll be a good game. I still think. I think it's going to be a good game. I think. I'll, I think. I hope not. Right. Hope it's a blowout. Um, Saturday night game. I want this over. I want to see Sam Horn in the third quarter because I want to write and leave. You want the running? You don't have running clock, but in high school, I know it's like thirty-five. I think is what the running clock is. Uh, Zerg had a running clock in one against Delaware State a few years ago. That's right. I do remember that game. Actually, I think I was there. It, I think it's the worst team that's ever played on for a field. And that includes when high school games have been there. <laughs> Even when they played the eight-man state championship? Uh, oh, yeah. Those teams would have. They, they would have scored 35 on Delaware State. 
I'm gonna dog walk them. Um, no, it's a. Uh, Good. But the 6.30 game is, as Maggie mentioned, in St. Louis. I believe the game is on ESPNU. Um, so you can check that game out there. Hopefully, fingers crossed, not a letdown for Mizzou. I think it's a good spot for them. They should handle it. Uh, they should they should take advantage. I think they should cover it. They should beat them by more than seven points. was not very impressed when I was watching Memphis against Navy. And I like to think that Missouri is a little bit better of a football team than Navy is. Um, you know, we were seeing with Toski Dove. Toski Dove's. Oh, that's uh, for, for Memphis. Forgot about that. Well, should we predict this game before we uh, before we depart the the good listeners here of the Mizzou That's Who podcast? Sure, why not? Okay, Maggie, what do you got? Oh, no, I don't. I don't get to start. That's not how the rules work. I, I make the rules in the game. That's not how it starts. Maggie, what do you got? Um. Okay. Let's go with. Um, okay, I'm gonna take M- Mizzou. 30 you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna say 34 their their defense didn't look that great to me I'm gonna say Mizzou 34 Memphis 17 that's pretty close I was gonna go Mizzou 37 21 um Mizzou just scores 30 now that's what they do uh, yeah. every week yeah we got the we, we saw this brand new offense uh, look if, if if Memphis really was giving up passing yards to Navy go out there and throw the ball around uh but I, I think Missouri by about 16. They weren't really giving up passing yards to Navy. It was, they, they put together, like Navy actually put together like a two minute drive and they said, hang on a second. Uh, it's kind of like Army at the end of the Armed Forces Bowl a couple years ago. You're like, I was Army driving the length of the field here. Like, wait, you guys have been able to do this the whole time and have chosen right. not to do this? Um, I just hate offensive football. Uh, I'm gonna pick uh, 39 to 16. Mizzou wins. That might be a scoreagami. I wonder if there's ever been a 39 to 16 game. Now is that is that uh, two touchdowns in the safety? Well, fun fact, game. I looked up the scoreagami game before I made that pick because I wanted to pick a scoreagami score. <laughs> um, so yes, that would be a scoreagami. 39 to 16. Uh, I just think that it would be an incredibly weird game, and I want to see that happen. Harrison Mevis makes 13 field goals all from 62 <laughs> yards or longer. Missouri never crosses midfield and scores 39 points. It would be a, a beautiful sight to see for some. Um, I would like it. It would be kind of cool. It would be It would be amusing. But that's going to do it for this week's edition of Mizzou. That's who your podcast for Missouri Athletics here on KC Sports Network. That's Gabe DeArmond. That's Maggie Johnson. I'm Tucker Franklin. We'll be back with you next week. So until then, we'll talk to you later. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 